All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And I am really enthused to have Tina Nixon on the show today. So Tina is the Vice President of Mission Effectiveness and Chief Diversity Officer at UPMC Pinnacle. Uh, I'm really enthused to, to, to have her on the show and have her explain a little bit more, not just about her background too, but some topics in healthcare and access. Anyway, I'm not going to steal her thunder. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, so am I. So happy Friday and thanks for making time. Uh, Tina, you do a lot. You've done a lot. You, you have a really good focus on diversity that really, you know, drives community, drives a lot of innovation and thought leadership in the space. But how did you get to where you're at? Tell us a little bit about your origin story and, you know, some of the series of events that have led you to where you're at today. Okay, I'm happy to do that. So um, I was born and raised in Harrisburg and I have a new sweatshirt which says, just a kid from Harrisburg that didn't give up. <sighs> so I wear that sweatshirt on the weekends a lot of times because of you know my background growing up in low income, uh, single mom, and just really uh, looking, having a, a different view of the world and knowing that, you know, I, ha I have to do my part um, as it relates to um, helping others um, along. And I talk about um, my story is in 1972, there was a huge flood in um, Harrisburg, Hurricane Agnes. And my mom was making a big pot of soup. And, you know, being a five-year-old, I started saying, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And the one thing I remember her saying is, you know, regardless of how much you have, if there are people in need, you always um, help them. And so uh, for, I remember that so clearly in thinking, you know, as I uh, went to school and developed my career, you know, my passion and my purpose is really about um, helping individ individuals overcome. Uh, I've worked in nonprofit the majority of my career um, from issues on uh, food securities, um, uh, uh, insecurities, and housing and homelessness, and domestic violence, sexual assault, um, and racial justice. I was the CEO of the YWCA of Greater Harrisburg for over 15 years. And I was asked to come to this role at UPMC Pinnacle. Um, I served on the board for a few years. And because of my background and my passion, I accepted this role um, in really wanting to get to the root causes of why individuals are impacted by uh, so many different things in life and why there is an equal access for um, everyone. So in coming to this role, I was really excited and being able to use my racial justice background and my community background all under one umbrella is uh, what really led me to where I am today. Beautiful, beautiful, Tina. I know this is great. I really appreciate, I, I mean, obviously the under, underlying ethos of, of resiliency and growing up with, with resilience and, and your mom instilling that in you is, you know, super powerful, definitely resonates with me. 
um, and you know, always helping people in need, you know, so, so powerful and great that that was instilled, um, you know, at an early age. Um, Tina, tell us a little bit about some of the things you're working on today, some of the things you're experiencing in health that you're really passionate about, you know, not just how and the what, but why are you passionate about the things that you're working on and seeing in health today? So um, what I'm seeing in health today, uh, there's so many things. I mean, uh, one of the things uh, that uh, I came to understand that healthcare is moving at such a rapid pace and things are ever changing. When I started this job over three years ago, someone told me like, oh, things will slow down. And I'm going to be honest with you. Things haven't slowed down yet. And for someone who is very passionate and who, you know, wants to get things done and wants and, and really, you know, focus on outcomes and sustainability, um, that it even it's tiring at sometimes, but it's very exciting. Um, some of the things that I'm working on currently um, around uh, health equity and um, health disparities is really taking a look at you know, who are, who we can partner with in our community to address some of those social determinants of health. Uh, right now, I'm working on a wonderful uh, chronic disease management project with the se- a senior center. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, my team is going in and doing uh, uh, prevention education and really uh, doing some uh, um, healthcare screenings. And we're working uh, with the food bank to also deliver uh, fresh produce to the seniors that utilize the senior center. And on top of that, teaching them how to utilize uh, uh, the fresh produce. So uh, I'm I'm, I'm a foodie, so I'm very passionate about uh, cooking. And again, I told you a story about my mom and the uh, the pot of soup. My mom was a wonderful uh, chef. So um, see, and, and teaching people how to utilize food in a different manner mm. that is healthy is, is something that excites me, especially individuals ha- that have been doing uh, things a certain way over a long period of time. Uh, sometimes we like to focus on uh, children and educating children, but re-educating our senior population and getting them engaged and trying to help them uh, make healthier choices and um, have um, um, healthier uh, a life is something that um, really excites me, and I really I'm really excited about the this project. Mm. Uh, my other hat that I wear is my diversity and inclusion um, hat, and a, another project that is very exciting to me, and it may not be exciting to other people, is that we have what we call our Epic. Um, which is our um, health information system that we capture all the uh, patient data. But Mm -hmm. we're implementing what is called SOGI, Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Mm. uh, Platform. And right now, and I have it on my whiteboard, um, I'm developing an education plan. And so this is about making sure that um, our, our healthcare providers have the tools that they need to treat whoever walks in their door. And so, and really focus on the LGBTQ uh, population because when you read some of the disparities that happen with transgender women and not seeking treatment because of not having a, uh, an affirming uh, environment, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that is just uh, even, you know, and looking at that information, it's so sad that of what we do and what has been done uh, to that community. And again, I think it's our responsibility to address that internally so that we can go externally. And as my CEO says, you know, Phil Garner Shelley, when someone walks through our door, we are able to provide quality care regardless of what path they took to get here. Mm. Mm, I love it. I love it. And so, so uh, appreciate the first, you know, topic you were going uh, down, you know, with social determinants of health and, you know, uh, you know, healing people through food that resonates with me definitely big time. I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. Um, you know, my dad um, is Puerto Rican or was Puerto Rican. He, he passed away at a young age from heart disease, but um, he was a dietitian at a nursing home. And he would always tell me, you know, always teach to me about, you know, you know, healing, is um you know best done through food and you know he used to, he used to have these funny sayings like abs are made in the kitchen and, and, and all of this funny stuff but um but long story short on on the latter piece that's really interesting on the framework and the the educational content that you're doing in this space um tell us a little bit more about like you know how do you implement mentioned about the epic side and how that gets reflected from a technology and process perspective but how do you get these mindset changes in in you know across like leadership in a hospital system you know how do you disseminate this knowledge and make it cultural i mean obviously training is one side of it but what are some other things that are working for you or or you have planned so one of the things that we did before uh you know embarking on this soji implementation is uh, uh, last year we did what I will call a level set training with our entire senior leadership team. Mm. And it was a three hour training. And you can imagine the struggle trying to get senior executives from a healthcare system into a room for three hour training because, you know, nobody has time. Time is not, you know, but in doing that and you know, using some of the data that we collected to um, educate individuals on how important it is that we do this and really opening their eyes to seeing how our population is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that we did. That was the, that was step one. And really, you know, when I say level set training, getting the definitions down about LGBTQ, uh, people of color, you know, like talking about, you know, the definition of racism and discrimination and all those things was something we were very deliberate about. And as um, as a healthcare system, we just uh, purchased five hospitals within our region. And so um, making sure that they understood with these five hospitals come uniquely different communities. And we really need to be able to address mm-hmm. uh, those communities in the manner um, that they are used to. A lot of times some, you know, people expect uh, individuals and communities to conform to their needs. But I'm a true believer that, you know, as a provider that we need to be open and conforming to their needs and do whatever uh, we need to do. So that that was the first thing that that we did. Again, we started very uh, um, slow with providing several different um, educations throughout our entire system. We do um, computer based learning where um, annually we have um education that you you go on, you look at uh, the information, and then you take a test at the end 
if you fail, you got to go back through it. Mm -hmm. um, if you pass, you go into the next one. So we embedded some of the preferred name information in there. And we also had a separate piece that we did that was mandatory that everybody um, went through. So that was uh, two of the education pieces. Now with this one, um, it's very important. And, and I would say it's very important that people can uh, relate to individuals that are presenting to them. So uh, getting subject matter experts from the, that community in to talk and speak their language, I think it's important. And, and uh, subject matter and folks that have done this work you know, that work with the, the population. So being deliberate about reaching out to um, those who have been doing this for a while that can share best, best practices, you know, that's the next step. But again, I know, and you know, it takes time to change, uh, change behavior and change minds. But I think you have to start with that uh, fundamental foundation of, you know, making sure everybody understands where you're going mm -hmm. and understands, you know, what we need to get there. We talk about quality all the time in healthcare. And I think, you know, as we talk about it, that's one of our, our, our goals uh, for the system is in improving our quality of care. So in doing that, it can't just be for a certain group or, you know, a certain population. It has to be for everyone. Mm, mm. No, this is, this is great, Tina. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on that effort or work you're doing. And, you know, so one thing, you know, obviously throughout your career, your mission and what you're focused on, it always has a consistent theme of, you know, the ethos of focusing on people that are less fortunate. Um, more of like a personal question, like I'm, I'm here in Silicon Valley, you know, when I'm going through mainland, you know, the problem here in downtown San Francisco as well, and a lot of major metro cities is the homelessness problem as well. What should I be doing when I walk by like someone that's struggling with shelter or they're homeless? Uh, what do you do? I mean, how should, you know, if you had a group of people out there and they're always passing, you know, homeless people, like I saw two, two on the way driving over to um, my office this morning. What, how should we be thinking about that person? What should we be doing? Should we be giving them a lot of cash if we have it? Um, you know, if they're struggling, like what should be our mental model? For, for, for in the, the in the modern world. And you know what? I think that's a personal decision. Mm -hmm. Having worked with, again, I ran a homeless shelter um, uh, at, for 15 years. And, you know, I, I think you do what you can and mm -hmm. you and you try to engage in um, system changes. Uh, and again, I, my own personal opinion, I would not give money only mm -hmm. because of my past experience in giving money. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you a short story. Um, I used to take uh, social workers down to Philadelphia and work with the homeless population down there. And I never really carried cash. And this one time we went to volunteer at a soup kitchen. And I remember I had like $5 of cash in my in my bag for tolls to get back to Harrisburg. And when I went, you know, to get my bag, we were helping out for the day. We go back and I was like, oh, my $5 is gone. But and lo and behold, when I called Sister Christina to um, follow up on our visit, here one of the homeless uh, guys overdosed on heroin, like right in the alley. And for some reason, I connected that to my $5. And mm -hmm. so from then on, I thought, you know what? I will buy a sandwich. I mm -hmm. will give luggage. I will work on, uh, mm -hmm. I will join a board. You know, I will help with public policy and advocacy and those type of issues. Mm -hmm. But I don't think 
Some people think giving money is the answer. And again, I think sometimes just a, a look someone in the eyes and, you know, smile and say hello dignity. is what yeah. you can do. And and yeah. I go back to the, the basic concept of treating people with dignity and respect, regardless of where they are, what they look like, who they are. So I think some, I think we think we have to do big, grandiose things, but I think some of those small things um, matter too. I love it. Yeah, I love the spectrum. And I appreciate that, you know, um, you know, greatly. I didn't think about the luggage piece, but a lot of it is, yeah, just start with just the look in the eye, the consideration. And if there's a sincerity there, you know, really asking them kind of what they need. And, you know, and so that's really appreciate that. Yeah, it's something personally I've been struggling with as I, you know, I go to so many meetings, meeting like, you know, tech companies, hospitals, you know, investors here in San Francisco. And I'm rushing, but I, I'm passing these people up and I'm like, you know, what should I be doing? What's the modern right. way to be doing it? Um, uh, Tina, let me let me ask you. So um, tell us a little bit about your vision of the future. What are some things that you believe that are going on in health today that you know in your heart, you know, these things that keep going will shape a better healthcare future for us? Or maybe some things that you believe in healthcare that that haven't been proven yet, but you know in your heart they're going to come to fruition. And I think from my worldview, because I, I'm really, and I'll say boots on the ground and community focused, mm-hmm. you know, if we are to uh, live out our mission, uh, it's really about taking care of those who are less fortunate, taking care of those who have a tremendous barriers and, and being responsible for working with our community uh, resources to help individuals overcome those barriers. I mean, in any community, we are rich with resources. Mm-hmm. It's just being more responsible of how we collaborate and how we deliver those resources. Sometimes I, and this is my personal opinion, we put systems in place that are supposed to help. And a lot of times they don't, they make it worse. Mm-hmm. So you, I think it's a multi-pronged approach to looking at healthcare and not, you know, healthcare is one aspect, but looking at your systems and also looking at how you correct those systems that are in place um, is very important. And I'm a true believer, you know, people say, oh, you should be able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But if you don't have any boots, you can't pull them up. So Mm -hmm. we have to figure out on a fundamental level, and it's not that hard, how we can work together as communities and, you know, healthcare, public policy, nonprofit organizations, and not so much um, put a Band-Aid on it, but address the root causes of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, Tina, though. This is, this is great. I really appreciate you making time, being on our show. Most importantly, sharing what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Um, lots of innovation to be had in the space. It, it does, you know, pave the way for some exciting possibilities that I think some interesting things of like you cited, you know, data, process, leadership, empathy in this space, and really just a strong, strong focus for, you know, the other underrepresented, under, under, um, underserved communities. I mean, I, I, I see some of these pieces converging. Congratulations on your work at, at UPMC and obviously on a lot of the boards that you serve. We'll have to link to, to your bio on the, uh, on the show notes. It's very vast and I can only imagine how busy you are. So hopefully you have a, a good restful weekend. But uh, Tina, this was great. Um, 
What would be a great way for our listeners to get in contact with you if they would like to do so? Um, you can, um, my LinkedIn page is probably a good way. Great. great. Um, so if you, I mean, if you want to connect there and just to tell you, I know that's not updated because I, um, I serve on a couple more boards now mm. and I have to look, I probably have to look at it and go in and update it now that you, that you yeah. at it. but, um, that's probably the best way, uh, to contact me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tina, this was great. Thank you for being on the show. And then, yeah. Um, as you work on different projects and your different initiatives throughout the year, especially the leadership program and the framework that you talked about on this episode, um, would love to have you come back and share some of the results and what you're finding there, uh, Tina. And uh, to our listeners out there, again, this is the Pop Health Show. This show is for people that are passionate about health. And uh, Tina, again, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. It was great talking to you. Thanks so much. Yeah.